Welcome to the Natural Wisdom Podcast. I'm Christine Backus, your host, and this is episode 41. I am recording this on Monday, April 3rd, and today my topic uh, is a little bit of a continuation of the last few weeks. I want to talk about control versus co-creation again. I, I will probably be talking about power a lot this year because we are definitely seeing as we have been for a few years, we're seeing a different flavor of understanding and insight and challenge around the concept of power with Pluto's move into Aquarius. So today I wanna start by talking about the moon and where it is and what's going on. I The last episode I recorded about the time of the Aries new moon, which was marking, it was on the equinox and it was marking the start of a whole new zodiac year. Uh, at the, the new moon, the first new moon in Aries, we actually have two this year, came at zero degrees of Aries. And it was just hours, two, well, two days later that Pluto moved into Aquarius. So there was a lot of tension and buildup and with Saturn's recent move into Pisces, there's also a, this sense of newness. And because that new moon was at the equinox, which is both of them have significations of new starts, new beginnings, becoming something new. It was a very powerful new time to start something, to start something as you, with you, in your life, in your work, in whatever part of your life seemed appropriate and might have been indicated by your chart. So now we're just about two weeks later and the full moon in Libra, the opposite sign, happens this Wednesday night mountain time or early Thursday morning, sometime Thursday if you're much further east of me. Uh, and this full moon, one of its meanings is that it, it's bringing to light what we began at that Aries new moon. So that's one thing you can be looking for is what's culminating, what's coming to fruition, what's coming to light, what has been building for the last couple of weeks. And so that's one way to kind of get a look at and a feel for what this full moon might be bringing in your life. And of course, you can look to the house. Uh, if you're astro savvy enough, you can take a look at the house where 16 degrees of Libra falls in your chart. And that will give you some idea of the area of life that's being lit up. That's what a full moon does, right? It, it literally lights things up. But let's talk about full moon uh, in Libra, the sign of Libra, and what that might mean for all of us. And in this case, Libra is the sign of the other. It's the sign of relationship. It's governed by Venus. And one thing I wanted to really talk about, again, this co-creation idea Libra is the sign of co-creation. There are many other um, signs where co-creation is certainly a piece of it, but in terms of our relationships, that's how the world operates and that's how we operate is in relationship with everyone and everything else. And again, I know I've talked about this, 
and a lot of, if you go look at what other people are saying about this Libra new moon, you can get a lot of insight into your relationships with other people, your relationships with partners, Libra rules, marriage. It also has to do with uh, diplomacy and balance. The Libra is the the only sign in the zodiac that's not organic in nature it's the sign of the scales and so it's it's literally the balance point when the sun moves into libra in the fall opposite when the sun moves into aries in the spring and at least in the northern hemisphere we're coming into the other time of year where the sun the day and and night hang in the balance so Libra is that balance point as well, in addition to Aries, both of them mark the equinoxes. So let's talk a little bit about some deeper layers of meaning with Libra. And again, uh, it's, it's the sign of relationship, but I think as with a lot of words that get used a lot in the English language or any language, but in the English language, they tend to lose some of their meaning or we tend to start kind of locking in to one level of meaning with them. And then we think we know what it means, right? We think we know what relationship means. If I talk to you about relationship, you're probably immediately thinking about friends, family, partners, um, lovers. And that's where we go when we think about relationship. But the truth is, relationship everything in the cosmos is in relationship with everything else and so you are in relationship not just with other people but with the the gadget that you're listening to this on uh, with the 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 things around you with the air you breathe with the food you eat and today I really want to focus on what I think is the relationship that will mirror your relationship with everything else in, in the world. And that is your relationship with your body. Again, with in astrology and particularly psychological astrology, we often talk about the relationship with yourself. And with Venus, we talk about how you value yourself. All of those things are layers of meaning of Libra and Venus and uh, found in other places as well. In this particular case, what I'm trying to um, put words around is that your relationship with your body is a mirror to all other relationships. And here's where I want to talk about control and co-creation. In our American culture, Western culture, and I'm sure we're not alone in the world as, yeah, I'm sure we're not alone in the world. Um, one of the consequences, I guess I would call it, of what I call the dominator culture is that we tend to overpower and control and tend to try to control everything and everyone in our lives. And that starts with our bodies. What is your relationship with your body? How do you, how do you think about, work with, um, respond to, take responsibility for your physical existence? And if you've been listening long enough, you know that my 
one of the things that I stress over and over again is that the body is not a container for spiritual, your spiritual self. Your body is your spiritual self in form. So the body is not a container for the soul. It's not a vehicle for the soul. It's not separate from the soul. It is the soul here and now on earth. And just beginning to understand and um, try to grasp that can change our relationship with our body. And so just knowing that the body is the soul in physical form might change how we treat it. But again, back to kind of the cultural distortion, the karma, right? The karmic distortion, distortion of this culture is that we, A, we see the body as something separate or less than or different than our souls. And B, because we tend to think of power and uh, how what what we have to to act with to act from in this lifetime because we tend to think of it as a form of control that tends to be how we relate to our bodies and all you have to do is look at social media or if i watch tv i'm sure the advertisements in fact i know all of the advertisements would be geared towards this it's how to make your body thinner, how to make your body more muscle, muscled, how to make your body conform with what uh, the culture thinks is beautiful, how to make your nose smaller or bigger, how to take a medication to fix some sort of condition in your body. It, it goes on and on and on in terms of how we perceive the body and how we treat it. And any time that we're trying to make the body different than what it is, it's almost universally going to be a way in which we are attempting to control our body rather than, and if you've been listening again, you know, I've been talking about this control versus co-creation. And so Libra is the ultimate sign of co-creation and so this full moon is going to show us, and it is already showing us out there in the news, it's going to show us ways that we are trying to control rather than co-create. And I, well, let me flip back to the astrology for just a moment. As I said, Venus is the ruler of Libra, meaning that Venus, if we want to have another layer of meaning to what a full moon in Libra means, we go look at where Venus is. Venus is in her other rulership right now. Venus is in the sign of Taurus. And whereas Libra is the masculine expression, meaning the young expression, the more outward, um, uh, archetypally masculine, outward, active expression of Venus, Taurus is the feminine expression of Venus, meaning archetypally feminine, inward, receptive, it's an earth sign, whereas Libra is an air sign. And Venus and Taurus is very much about the physical self, the five senses. It, Venus and Taurus is the pleasure-seeking, the, the pleasure-seeking aspect of physical existence, the connection with uh, fertility and sensation, whereas an air sign is more um, thinking, conceptual, uh, relational, that's uh, air signs are also relational. The earth signs are more tactile, substantive. 
uh, tangible. And so Venus and Taurus is definitely pointing us to our relationships with our bodies. And our relationship with our body is a mirror as well for our relationship with our with the earth. And, and so this full moon is again, bringing to light to a large degree, what's our relationship to our bodies? What's our relationship to the earth? What's our relationship to physical 3d reality and uh, the, the, just the pure pleasure of sensation. And there was a article I saw just briefly this morning that talked about how our brains are hardwired to respond to sensations, to what we see, what we hear, but also what we touch and feel. The sense of touch is a, a very important, right? Very important one of our senses. And in the virtual world, of course, that's the first to go. That's the one that goes and the sense of smell goes. We still have sight, although it's two-dimensional rather than three-dimensional, we lose our peripheral vision. And even if we get fancy glasses, we're going to lose that to some degree and we'll certainly lose it, um, any kind of peripheral vision when it comes to um, our actual physical surroundings. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's one of Apple's latest, and I know other companies' latest big inventions is... Um, glasses that you can wear instead of looking at a screen you can wear glasses and yeah that's a whole different topic it's just a new technology um so this idea of our sensation being so integral to our experience as human beings sometimes gets lost in the technology world and that's one of the themes, of course, that's been up for a while. That's one of the themes of the current astrology and the astrology for a fairly long period of time with Uranus and Taurus. Uranus has been um, like provoking and promoting these very quick technological changes with relationship to the body and with, with Pluto moving into Aquarius it's a, a significant transformative time for how we use technology. So we have a couple of testimonies or indicators in the sky and in our grand cycles of the planets showing us that we're in a period of very fast um, change and transformation and invention and new. We're in a really... A, a period where you would talk about maybe the shock of the new there's a lot of new and it's in relationship to the physical body and to the natural world and so this full moon is giving us an opportunity if you will to take a look at how do i co-create with my physical reality how do i co-create with my body venus and taurus how do i co-create with nature how do i co-create with the material world and my five senses again back to venus and in taurus and and take a look at what's happening in your life and certainly you could take a look at what's happening in the world um, so here's a couple of very practical ways of looking at this 
Again, I've talked about any way that you are trying to make your body different than how it is, is um, a potential for either control or co-creation. So if you're listening deeply to what your body is telling you, then it's uh, an opportunity for co-creation, right? Co-creation is that call and response. It's the conversation that you're having with whatever you're uh, in relationship with, whether it's the computer, because that's what I'm sitting in front of as I record this, that's why I think about it. Um, whether it's your garden, a, a wonderful place for co-creation, where you look at what the garden needs, to, what the plants need, even your house plants. Does the house plant need water or does it need sun? What does it need? What is it asking for based on what your senses are telling you about it? Uh, and then when it comes to the body, again, it's what is your body asking you for based on what you're sensing? And when you when we talk about the body, in fact, for just a moment, Wherever you are listening to this, even if you're doing something else or driving, you can bring at least a portion of your attention into your physical sensations right now. If you're doing something in the kitchen or doing whatever it is that you like to do as you listen to podcasts, maybe you could take a just a 30 second break from that, or at least take part of your attention into your physical body right now. You can notice anything that's calling for your attention without any judgment and without, for the moment, trying to change it. So maybe you notice there's tension in your shoulders. Maybe you notice that your tongue is tense. That's a place that we tend to hold tension in the body. Uh, or maybe you just notice the sensation of what you're sitting on, where your body meets the earth. And that could be the soles of your feet. If you're standing, it could be the soles of your feet and the seat, your seat. If you're sitting, it could be your back against uh, a, a chair or uh, a car seat, again, wherever you are. Just notice the actual physical sensations. And then the way the body actually communicates with us is through these physical sensations. And sometimes they're very, very subtle. And sometimes they're uh, loud, anxiety. Anxiety, even though we typically associate it with the mind and racing thoughts and maybe thoughts of, you know, doom and gloom, it's actually a physical, uh, a physiological state. Anxiety is also a physiological state. We associate it with the mind because we tend to feel it and notice it with racing thoughts and staring at the ceiling at night, not being able to go to sleep because of our thinking. But it's still based in the body somewhere. Thoughts eventually can be traced back to the physical reality. We think of it as separate, again, because in our culture, we tend to try to pull things apart and that's one of the karmas of our culture is not only do we have a sense of being separate from our body, but we have a, a sense that our mind is separate from our body. But of course, as you know, Western science is finally beginning to catch up to what Eastern science has known for thousands of years, time immemorial, that it's all one thing, right? That we're all connected and that there's not just a 
a brain in the head that runs everything. There's a brain actually throughout the body. The mind is throughout the body. We just tend to experience it in our minds. And maybe that's because that's where our sensory organs are, most of them. It's where the nose and the eyes and the and where our 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 mouth and our voice comes out is in the in the head. So that may be why we tend to associate thoughts with the brain in the head. But um, back to the whole point is that li deeply listening to the body gives us the opportunity to co-create. And again, it's that call and response. It gives us the opportunity to be in conversation with the body. So one way this can play out, it, well, one, an obvious way that this can play out is if you're cold, you put on another piece of clothing or you turn up the heat or you go find some sun, whatever um, the opportunities are, whatever the, whatever the options are. When the body, when you notice, right, that's the first step is noticing that the body is cold, you put on and find some way to warm it. If you notice, and again, this, all of these come from listening. You have to start that co-creative relationship by actually listening to what your body is telling you. Um, one of the, one of the things that happens oddly, and this is a crazy thing, but I know it's widespread because I deal with it all the time in consultations and in myself, is we can get caught up and where the mind is focused. And if we're in the middle of writing something or reading something or watching something, we might not even notice we need to use the toilet. We might not notice that the body is saying, I want to eliminate something now. And this is uh, in Ayurveda, one of the ways that we end up triggering other health issues, including anxiety. Because anxiety, as I said, traces back to the physiological condition. And in, in um, very 3D reality ways, it can often stem from the body not feeling calm and held and safe. And one of the ways that the body feels calm and held and safe is if physical needs are met. And that includes going to the toilet. That includes sneezing when the urge to sneeze comes, coughing when the urge to cough comes. Uh, drinking when you're thirsty, eating when you're hungry. Uh, all of those are physical needs. And those are the ways, ways that the body communicates with us is by getting hungry. Or it communicates with us through pain, through other kinds of sensation. It communicates with us through the jitters. And one of the probably one of the most accessible ways of beginning to listen to the body besides the obvious of just sitting and noticing your sensations is by how you eat. Um, and there's, um, sorry, my mind is one about four different ways. Our relationship with our body, again, is mirrored in our relationship with our food. So if food is to you something that you just have to do, it's just fuel, you have to do it because you know the body doesn't work very well without it, then you're going to have a very different relationship with your food than if you see the food as the life force that you're bringing into yourself 
that you then, your body then transforms into life force and creative energy that you then give back to the cosmos. And one of the earliest Ayurvedic teachings I remember is that digestion is the transforma transformational process that takes earth consciousness or God consciousness, however you want to label that, and transforms it into human consciousness, which then, of course, then becomes our creative energy that then flows back to everyone and everything around us. So we're part of that cycle of nature where we take in life and then we give back life. We take in life, we give back life. And again, that relationship with our body uh, is going to, uh, for one thing, it's the, it's like the primary indicator and way of um, having the greatest quality of life that we can have. So uh, uh, let me just follow the food thread for a moment. So we've talked about if you just see food as fuel and you just have to fuel up once in a while, you're probably not going to have a very loving and conscious relationship with food. It may be conscious in your head, but it's not conscious throughout the whole body. If, however, you see food as life, which it is, uh, and you see your food as how you relate to the earth itself, which it does and which it is. It is our relationship with the earth because all of our food, at least for now, comes from the earth in one form or another. Even if it comes from um, meat, that meat is that cow or the chicken or whatever it was is part of that. Um, it's part of the earth just as we are. It's part of the earth ecosystem. And so in the case of a cow, for instance, it may be converting grass into meat and flesh, which we then eat, but that's also sunshine and rain and the nutrients in the soil. And of course, if you're eating a carrot or a green or something that you grew in your garden, it's a little bit more direct. Um, yeah, but at any rate, so your relationship with your food and your reverence for your food is going to mirror your relationship with your body. And there's a term, one of the things I wrote in my notes that I wanted to make sure to talk about is something called orthorexia, which I know, again, I've mentioned before. And it's essentially, um, it's essentially a pathological need to eat correctly, to eat the right things. And again, very prevalent in our culture, uh, and as somebody who has studied Ayurveda and practiced Ayurveda for a long time, that's not fundamental to Ayurveda, but most of the way it's taught in this country, it becomes central because Ayurveda can be very detailed about what you quote unquote should eat for your body type and for the season, but uh, it's um it's kind of like the the uh, polarity of the Virgo Pisces axis, which is something we're dealing with now with Saturn and Pisces. Virgo is that sign of discernment. It's an embodied sign. It's very much embodiment. It's the how we do things. It's about the ritual. And uh, it, the shadow side of, of Virgo is, is trying to be correct. 
Whereas when Virgo is in its uh, most conscious expression and it's integrated, that whole polarity of Virgo and Pisces are integrated in the context of food, it would mean remembering the basic fundamental connections, that's Pisces, and the sort of the the conscious connectedness of, of us to everything that's Pisces while we take the next step and use our discernment to decide what to eat, Virgo. And this is one of the themes with Saturn and Pisces for the next two and a half years. This is one of the big themes that we're all working with in terms of um, karmic and working with karmic, karmic patterns. This is Pisces Virgo axis. And if you want to know more about that, I know I talked about it uh, quite a bit in my Saturn and Pisces workshop and you can go to my website and go look that up and the recordings available if you want to go purchase that um but back to this whole thing about food and orthorexia and like what i would call conscious relationship with food not right relationship not correct but conscious relationship with food it's again about understanding what your body is telling you it needs and then aligning. This is one of the Pluto and Aquarius um, sort of conscious expressions is aligning with natural cycles, aligning with the natural patterns of life. And one of the natural patterns of life when it comes to food and the body is that as the seasons change, so does our diet on our activity level and the way that we live our lives. Even our sleep cycles change, particularly the further away from the equator you go, particularly as the light and dark cycles change so drastically. I'm in central Montana and uh, we're still, we still have snow and went more on the way but the days are getting much longer. So even though we still have winter, it, it appears like winter out there, our bodies already know that it's springtime. Our bodies know that what's coming available for food is going to be very different than what was coming available for food like four months ago, six months ago. And so one of the ways that we listen deeply and co-create consciously with our physical bodies is to also honor the fact that our bodies are part of nature and, and uh, by virtue of co-creating with the natural cycles, we are supporting our bodies. So on a very down-to-earth practical level, that means eating what's in season. And here, greens and sprouts are coming into season. Uh, it's a little early for a lot of things here, but things that aren't too far away are starting to show up. And then bitter, bitter foods, bitter greens, those are spring foods. Um, and then some of the storage crops that are left from winter beets and carrots, there might be some of those left and maybe some potatoes, but it's mostly going to be the things that are just coming out of the earth, the green things that are just starting up out of the earth that are in season. So that's just a, a very practical example of how we can co-create with our bodies through our food. And again, remembering that how we relate to food is a mirror of how we relate to our body. And then how I relate to my body is a mirror for how I relate to everything and everybody else. 
So if you find yourself getting, for instance, unhappy with your body for something, maybe you don't like the little roll of fat that came up over the winter. Maybe you don't like the big rolls of fat that have built up over the years. Maybe you don't like some aspect of your body that doesn't measure up to some external standard of perfection. Again, that's a Virgo shadow, right? External standards of, of perfection. And in fact, that's a shadow of our whole culture and a shadow of Aquarius is looking out there for what's right and correct and what the standard is rather than um, coming back inside and and feeling what's correct from in here. Um, that that makes me think of several other things. Um, and I guess I'll just I'll kind of finish up with a couple of thoughts from that. And one is, as I talked about in my Pluto and Aquarius class, and as I've talked about in the last couple of episodes here of the podcast, and I know will be coming up more and more this year, Pluto about power versus control. Pluto, uh, where Pluto is, it tends to show us what's not working anymore. And it usually shows it to us in a very significant and often drastic way. And it often shows us where we think we've built up some veneer of control uh, and confuse that with power. And certainly that's true when we are talking about our relationships with our bodies. And again, remember Uranus and Taurus means fast, significant, accelerated change in terms of how we operate and relate to the earth and our bodies and our food. And obvious examples of that are the fake meat. Obvious examples of that are, um, I don't know where you'd put this, but even the plethora of satellites now in the <laughs> around the earth that we still haven't understood. We don't even ask the question of how that affects our bodies, not to mention how it affects the earth. Um, all the kinds of fake foods, even the quote unquote plant-based foods, fake foods, what I call Franken foods, those are all sort of this where technology and the new kind of gets ahead of us. That's what Uranus is doing, right? Uranus is, is showing us where we have the capacity to get ahead of ourselves. And then with Pluto and Aquarius, also related to technology and science, we're, we're in a very transformative transformational period and we may see that some of these places where we've gotten ahead of ourselves are going to break down um but i was going somewhere with that let me see if i can remember where it was uh what it was i think something to remember is that as technology advances we have more and more and more capacity to exert this kind of control over our bodies we can now as you know right we can change at least on the surface we can change the sex of a body right we can change out the sex organs um we can we've been able to do plastic surgery for a whole long time we can change the whole appearance of the body we can change 
we can do all kinds of surgical interventions. We can change out organs in the body. We can implant technology in the body. There are many, many things that we can do. And these things that we can do are accelerating. Again, Uranus and Taurus. What we haven't yet really felt into, and this I think is part of what this Libra full moon is giving us an opportunity to do on the individual level. What we really haven't felt into is what's the most conscious way of approaching these decisions. I'm not going to say the right thing to do. I'm not going to say what we should do. It's going to differ for each one of us. Each one of us needs to make that decision for ourselves, but this is where it becomes incredibly important. And I think, again, this is where Pluto and Aquarius comes in, Saturn and Pisces. It becomes incredibly important to learn to trust what we know, our natural wisdom, right? This is the Natural Wisdom Podcast. It can becomes incredibly important to come back to our own natural wisdom to know how and if and when we should be taking advantage of, so to speak, any of these technological advances, these abilities to control our bodies. Uh, and I, of course, you probably can tell that my sense is that the more we try to control our bodies, the more, well, the more that's going to reflect on how we're operating with the earth and how we're operating with nature in general. And it at least needs to be done consciously. So I'm going to leave you with the, the uh, suggestion idea, the concept of uh, idea for a practice that over, especially through this full moon, this next few days, as the moon builds in energy and builds in light, that you really pay attention to how you operate with your body. See if you can notice, where am I trying to control my body? Where am I listening to what the body really wants and co-creating, responding, taking responsibility for, right? Response uh, comes from the word reply. So how am I replying to my body when it says I'm hungry? Or how am I replying to my body when it says I'm thirsty? And how well are you listening to those signals? Are you mistaking hunger for thirst? Are you, um, again, trying to make your body a certain shape? or make it into something that at the moment it isn't, or are you co-creating and responding to what the body is asking of you? This is what I think we're, um, I think this is what we have the opportunity for at this Libra full moon with Venus and Taurus and Pluto squaring the nodes, which it will be for most of the year. Um, I, and I'll just leave you with one like little commercial break. I have a, uh, one more workshop for this first half of the year scheduled on May 5th, noon mountain time. And that workshop is all about the lunar nodes and the eclipse axis. And I will be talking about Pluto squaring that axis and the eclipse axis is going to shift this year 
uh, in uh, July, I think it is. And between now and then, in fact, throughout the year, we're getting what's known as hybrid eclipses. The next eclipse will be a solar eclipse at the very last degree of uh, Aries, right? The second new moon in Aries, it'll be at 29 degrees of Aries. And uh, it's, yeah, yeah, because it's an eclipse and the eclipse axis is at the very beginning of the Taurus-Scorpio axis, Pluto is going to be squaring these uh, these eclipses. It, it, this is one of the closest squares of the year. It's Pluto squaring this uh, this new moon at the end of Aries, uh, and I can't remember the date, but it's essentially two weeks after the full moon, not quite. Um, but this, oh, it's May fifth. Sorry, I do know the date. Is that right? No, that's not right. Forget what I said. That's April twentieth. The Aries new moon will be April 20th, and then the next full moon, um, which is a um, a Scorpio full moon, and the second eclipse of the eclipse season will be on May 5th. And that's when I'm teaching the, the class on uh, the workshop on the nodes. So this whole uh, this whole eclipse season and much of this year is going to be marked with this this Pluto squaring the nodes and a lot of the themes I just talked about today with this co-creation versus control. How are we using our power to co-create versus to dominate? So I'm going to, again, wrap up and let you know, just this is a time to be thinking about, am I trying to dominate my body? And that will help you understand if you're trying to dominate everybody and everything in your life, or are you seeing your relationship with your body as one of honor and reverence and responding, replying, um, and co-creation? So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here today. Uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks uh, with more on this particular topic. And then at the end of the month, uh, Emily Trinkus will be joining me again. And we'll be diving more deeply into the eclipses and what's going on with them. I'm sure we'll be talking about Pluto squaring the eclipse axis even more then. And I hope to see you. Uh, and again, if you ever have any feedback and you want to leave me a comment, just go to my website. It's the easiest place to go. And you can either go to the naturalwisdompodcast.com or to christinebackus.com that gets you to the same spot. And you can just use the contact form to shoot me a note and let me know what you think of the podcast and or if there's topics you want to hear about. And again, thank you for listening. I so appreciate it and have a great weekend. Happy full moon. <laughs>